But first, starting this week, people in Illinois who own certain types of guns now have to register them with state police. The new rules part of Illinois' assault weapons ban, which Governor Pritzker signed into law in January. Now, under the law, you can't buy new assault weapons, but if you already had them before the ban, you don't have to turn them in either. Just register them. More than one in four Illinois residents owns at least one firearm. That's according to a 2020 estimate from the Rand Corporation. And here with the details of the ban and the new registration rules is Chicago Sun-Times reporter Mary Norkel. Welcome, Mary. Hello. Thanks for having me. And for some more context, we are joined by UCLA law professor Adam Winkler. He's the author of Gunfight, the Battle Over the Right to Bear Arms in America. Welcome to Reset, Adam. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's start here, Mary. What types of guns are defined as assault weapons under Illinois' ban? Sure. So in Illinois, this ban covers .5 caliber rifles and cartridges and large capacity ammunition feeding devices, also called magazines. Um, Those don't need to be registered, but the uh, rifles and cartridges do. So uh, the, the term assault weapons, Adam, I feel like not everyone agrees Uh, on what it really means. Why do you think it's so hard to define? Well, it's not a previously agreed upon category of firearms. There tend to be rifles or pistols that have certain features that uh, make the firearm more military-like. And uh, as a result, like uh, Illinois has had to ban a list of what uh, it lists as like over 170 particular weapons and then a broad definition that says firearms that can uh, take uh, a large mag- uh, a large capacity magazine and have certain other uh, relatively cosmetic features that can make a firearm a little bit more like a military firearm. I see. And uh, they're termed semi-automatic because um, the rounds are automatically reloaded, right? But the, the trigger's got to be manually pulled each time in order to fire. Is that correct? That's right, but there's lots of semi-automatic firearms that are not considered assault weapons. And in fact, most police officers have on their hip a handgun that's not considered an assault weapon, but is a semi-automatic firearm. So, Mary, as I mentioned, people who already owned these types of guns, they won't have to give them up, which is, you know, interesting. But but they are required by this new law to register them. So how, how is the process supposed to work? Yeah. So under the new law that was passed in January, there's this registration process that just opened up uh, Sunday, which is why we're talking about it now. And you basically just go on the Illinois State Police website. You log into your FOID FOID card account and uh, register your weapon. You need to fill out a form. And uh, if you need help doing that, that, there's video tutorials. And also, if you don't have a FOID card, there's steps for you as well. Just needs to be done by the first of the year. There's video tutorials, too. Interesting. So if people don't register by the first of the year, what happens? Uh, So like you said, there are not going to be confiscations for these weapons. You're not going to have to give them up, uh, but you will face the possibility of criminal charges. Sounds like there's not much motivation there, Adam, for folks to actually go through this process. Well, we've seen in other states like California that have required registration of these types of weapons that um, very few people actually register the weapons. Um, One, many people might not even know that they have to register it. Um, uh, Two, there's some people who are ideologically opposed to registering it. Um, And uh, there's a lot of people who think this kind of registration is 
unconstitutional. So uh, it, it's always hard to get this kind of registration law to work perfectly once the firearms are already out there in civilian hands. Yeah, talk more about that, the, the challenges behind asking people to register. Well, especially among the most diehard ideological gun owners, they believe that registration is really a first step towards gun confiscation. So for years, the NRA and gun rights supporters have been strongly opposed to registration systems. So it's hard to get people to actually register their firearms. And because the firearm is something you have at home and you're not likely to run into police officers and uh, who are going to say, hey, why isn't this registered? You can get away with not registering it for a long time without anyone ever finding out. Hmm. And there's a broader debate around these bans, Mary. I mean, talk about how advocates on both sides of the issue, how they reacted to the law. Right. First came down. Right. So obviously it's been, you know, in the news, not only in Illinois, but across the country for years now. It's very loaded and a very intense debate. Uh, so so were the reactions when uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker patched, passed this law. Yeah. And lots uh, of back and forth and pushback. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of um, a lot of steps on both sides to either support the law or oppose it. So basically supporters of the law have said that it's, you know, a step toward stopping gun violence, a step toward uh, preventing mass shootings like the one that we had up in Highland Park last 4th of July, Mm -hmm. uh, in which one of these types of weapons was used. And then on the other side of that, opponents will raise issues with things like Adam said, uh, everything from registration and the enforcement of that registration to just fundamentally saying that it's unconstitutional and uh, pushing back against kind of things that are laid out in our nation's framework. And you gave some examples there, uh, Adam, uh, from California. Can you talk a bit more about how Illinois does compare to other states? As I understand, I mean, the state is an outlier. That's right. The vast majority of states in the United States do not prohibit assault weapons nor require registration of these or any other firearms. There's only a handful of states, I believe 10 currently, that prohibit assault weapons, and a a, a few of those require registration of existing weapons. So there's not a lot of these laws in effect. Uh, And in part, that's because there are many people, even in the gun safety community, who think that uh, banning these weapons will not achieve a lot, uh, in part because they're so it's so easy to find a substitute. You know, if you want to do a mass shooting, you don't need an assault weapon to do it, even though those weapons seem to have become the weapon of choice mm-hmm. of mass shooters. You can do it with a handgun. Yeah. Arguments against say, you know, why ban this weapon if you could also harm or kill someone with a handgun? Meanwhile, on the other side of the of the fence, you have uh, arguments for the ban saying, you know, assault weapons aren't necessary for for self-defense. You don't have to go to that extreme uh, when you're getting a a weapon uh, to protect yourself. So, Mary, there hasn't only been debate, as we were just talking about. There's also legal challenges, right, since since uh, the uh, uh, since Prisker put this down earlier this year. And most recently, the Illinois Supreme Court upheld the law. Can you just walk us through what happened in August? Sure. So back in January, when the law was first passed, there was, as we talked about, plenty of pushback and a lot of that transformed into legal pushback as well. So most recently in August, the Illinois Supreme Court pretty narrowly upheld the ban uh, four to three. And, uh, you know, that essentially, like 
the word upheld would uh, imply Mm -hmm. says that it's basically law of the land, um, given that it has been signed by the governor and everything like that. Uh, But, you know, opponents, again, keep saying that they will keep pushing back legally and otherwise. And uh, it's also worth noting that other challenges are still uh, pending as well. Some lawsuits and uh, challenges in federal court as well. So we could see much more of this continue. It's possible. Yes. Adam, talk to us about that question of of constitutionality and assault weapons bans nationally. Where is that at now? I know I know Second Amendment rights have been expanding, wouldn't you say? That's right. In June of last year, the Supreme Court issued a major Second Amendment ruling that significantly expanded Second Amendment protections and made it harder to defend gun laws in court. What we've seen across the country uh, since then are numerous gun laws struck down. Um, And uh, assault weapons are one of those issues that courts have disagreed uh, on. Some courts have upheld assault weapons bans. Other courts have struck down assault weapons bans. And it's just not really clear whether such a ban is constitutionally permissible or not. The Supreme Court has said that firearms that are in common use for lawful purposes are protected by the Second Amendment. And certainly assault weapons, uh, for w- of which there's about 40 million of them in America, mm-hmm. are commonly used and generally for lawful purposes. Yeah, a number of sheriffs, too, as I think about the, the pushback, Mary, a number of sheriffs in Illinois, they said, I'm just not going to enforce this law. Right. Can you talk right. us through that? Yeah. So there were several all over the state, um, ranging from downstate all the way up to uh, near Chicago. Sheriffs have basically said that it's out of their hands and they're they're not going to enforce this law. Um you know, for varying reasons, as we've talked about. Um, in response to that, though, uh, it's important to note that the Attorney General, Kwame Raoul, essentially came back saying the law is the law. It's been passed by the governor and now upheld by the Supreme Court in the state. And if a certain sheriff isn't going to enforce the law, then there is overlapping jurisdiction for other law enforcement agencies to mm. come in and do what they want. Yeah. An estimated 90 of Illinois' 102 county sheriffs actually said what, what you said. They, they believe this ban is a violation of the, the Second Amendment. Right. It was a vast majority. And wow. as we've talked about, the enforcement is difficult to navigate. Yeah. Give us a a broader scope of assault weapons bans, Adam. You talked about how, you know, at least uh, the estimates are at least 40 million of them exist in this country. But if you could paint a picture for us, I mean, where are they? Well, they are in every state and they are in the hands of many, many lawful gun owners and unfortunately some criminals and mass shooters as well. Because, um, you, you know, know some folks this, might think they're predominantly in the South, like they're they're pretty spread throughout. Am I right? Absolutely. They're spread throughout and surprisingly, even in states that prohibit them. Um, California, for instance, has been banning these weapons uh, since uh, the since about 1989 and has had to revise its law over and over again, because however they define an assault weapon, the gun makers just make the exact same firearm with just as much lethality, but without whatever the 
particular characteristic that the law says is illegal. So these uh, these weapons have become the weapon of choice for not only mass shooters, but also for recreational shooters. Across America, people who like to shoot as a sport love these firearms. They're highly customizable. They're lightweight. Anyone can use them, uh, and uh, they're incredibly popular. So uh, we've seen a huge growth in the sale of these firearms because gun owners really like them just as a recreational tool to go out and do sport shooting. Mm -hmm. And not that long ago, there was a federal assault weapons ban. How did that work, Adam? There was a federal assault weapons ban in place from 1994 to 2004 uh, before it sunsetted. And that uh, law banned certain rifles with certain military style characteristics. And uh, at the time, there really wasn't that much demand for assault weapons. Um, there were only a few million of them out there. They weren't big sellers. Mm -hmm. But in the years since, we've seen the gun companies really promote these firearms, and uh, they've really taken off since the 2004 sunset of the federal law. And now, like we say, there's probably 40, maybe 50 million of them out there. Yeah, with a divided Congress – there's almost no chance that we would see another federal ban like this in the in the short term. So I wonder what the future of gun policies, the, the, the gun policy debate will look like. Well, I think that's a, a real question. And partly it, that's such an open question because we don't know what the Supreme Court's going to do with yeah. regards to gun policy and things like assault weapons ban. But even if the Supreme Court says those laws are constitutional, we're still only likely to have a minority of states that prohibit them. So these assault weapons really, uh, at least for the short term, seem pretty clearly here to stay. Before we go, I mean, what else will you be watching for, Mary, as, as this continues to develop? I know you mentioned we'll probably see some more court cases. Sure. Well, that's that's the number one thing, obviously, is how this will play out at the federal and state court level. Um, there are also bound to be uh, many more grassroots uh, approaches to this, both on the supportive side and uh the opposing side of the law as well. Um, we will likely see protests and, you know, it, it could also be affected by what happens as in terms of gun violence in Illinois. Mm -hmm. We'll leave it there. That is Chicago Sun-Times reporter Mary Norkel and Adam Winkler, UCLA law professor and gun policy expert. Thank you both so much. Thank you.